You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Pete Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with... Hey, guys. It's Elliot. And this is episode number 66. And we are going to be talking about training camps and all the funness that comes with them and uh, ultimately why you should consider doing a training camp if you haven't. And, uh, you know, some ideas maybe for people and what they can do at training camps and just get kind of a better sense with them because I think some people may be intimidated by them or not understand what goes on. Um, and they certainly vary quite a bit depending on who's putting them on, but, uh, let's talk camps. Huh, Elliot? Yeah. So you just got back from one, right? I did finally, uh, feeling a little bit more normal today than, uh, <laughs> I have the last few days after, uh, going out to, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada to, uh, for the, uh, team Everyman Jack camp. And, so was that uh, from, is that from training, the time change, drinking too much? Why do you feel like <laughs> crap? <laughs> well, I, I am very proud to say that uh, it hasn't quite been six years since my last drink and uh, or drug use, but uh, it uh, was the place where I last drank and, uh, and indulged, unfortunately. So it was nice to go back there. I did actually, we, we went to the strip the last night and, uh, tackled the demons and, and was a good boy. So uh, that was definitely a positive uh, being surrounded by guys that were drinking actually, you know, and uh, I, uh, I was a good boy. So that was good. But, uh, but yeah, you know, being an East coaster um, being on East coast time and, and Vegas being on West coast time, specific time definitely threw me for a loop. And I always really struggle with, with the time changes. And so you know, I got there on a Wednesday and was there till Sunday. So it's like just enough time to start to kind of adjust and then boom, you're switching it right back to coming home. So um, that part is definitely challenging. And we did some some pretty, pretty big training, but uh, it was really, really fun. I knew it was going to be fun, but it, it exceeded my expectations. Nice. So this was your first uh, EMJ camp, right? Finally. Yeah. Been on the team for three years now and uh, they've been canceled uh, due to COVID. So finally we were able to do one and it felt totally normal. You know, nobody, no masks, no, I mean, on the plane and stuff like that. But once we got to camp, it was really normal and it was, uh, it was terrific. So is this the only camp, is this the first camp you've been on other than the ones you host yourself? I think it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was a good experience. I mean, you know, I guess, and, you know, so we had almost 50 guys at the MJ camp and, 
knowing what it takes to put in a camp, even when, you know, I am not necessarily as hands-on and like, you know, making sure everybody's covered for meals and stuff like that. Like we did do at the MJ camp, it made me truly appreciate how much effort goes into that. And, um, they're definitely a lot to manage. Um, and I've only done it. I think the maximum I've had is like 20, 25 people for one. So to have 50 guys, um, is a doozy, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean the whole, whole week, you know, so I got in, I left early, uh, Wednesday, got in, was able to put the bike together, go for kind of a easy cruise to, I don't know, 25 miles or something like that. Um, and then ran with a few guys or actually a good amount of guys, um, later that day, just everything pretty easy, but, uh, it was just fun. And, and the setup they have out there for the camp is incredible where, um, they actually call them castles, but it's this, um, on this very short road. And then it's, it's a gated kind of community where there's four houses inside the gate and the, I think the people that own it, um, they stayed there the whole time. And then we had the other three houses, which I think were like six or seven bedroom houses each. And so, um, we just split, uh, amongst the, the three different places and, you know, so some people had to share a bed and, and things like that, a um, bunch of different room sharing and stuff, but uh, they were really nice. And um, it was just so cool to be in there and being with all these people, half of the guys I hadn't even met before. So it was nice to, and a little, <clears throat> a little too much, to be honest, <clears throat> trying to remember everybody's name and things like that with, with all the people I hadn't met yet. But, uh, you know, to be with so many like-minded people was just awesome. Nice. So I assume most of those guys are training for either St. George or some 70.3 worlds, I guess, later on this year, but I mean, all those guys are. Or all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely (laughs) uh, uh, more guys doing St. George than I thought actually, um, or the the full, you know, so coming up here soon. Um, So it'll definitely be nice to see those guys at the race. Uh, But yeah, a lot of guys focused on, uh, I mean, there's definitely going to be a strong gathering at, uh, or contingent at Kona as well. Um, and I, I, I think there's gotta be at least 25, 30 guys doing Kona and, um, and then, yeah, certainly people doing St. George 70.3 worlds as well. Thanks. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we did, uh, we did a lot. It was, was nice and was different than the camps I typically host. So, you know, we usually, so, Shameless plug here. Topeak does do camps typically in Lake Placid, uh, another one in, in Mount Tremblant, sometimes one in Maryland. Um, and then we have done one in Maine um, before as well. Um, so there's, you know, usually we do open water swims, um, not pool swims. So at the EMJ camp, we, they did rent out a pool uh, for three of the days. So uh, we swam Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think the minimum I got in was 4k each swim. So it was like 13,000, um, per swim or over the three day period. So I'm pretty sure that's the most swimming I've ever done, um, in a three day stretch, but it was just so nice to be in nice, really nice pools. I mean, they're really nice deep pools. So I think that made us go faster for one, but just being with, you know, and I was ended up in, I'll say the kind of bottom of the middle pack. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a lot of D one swimmers. There's a guy, Sean Mahoney that, uh, was in the, uh, 
Olympic trials, or I think even may have made the team um, for the breaststroke uh, is on the team. So a uh, little bit of a uh, difference between him and myself there. <laughs> <laughs> so there was all the D1 swimmers and those guys up in lane one and two, those guys were like going on, I think the 115 for a lot of the hundreds and stuff like that. Um, we were doing things more on the 130 or 125, I guess. Um, but uh, it's just, I, I am one that doesn't get to swim with other people almost ever. So to be able to swim in a lane with, you know, five, six other guys at similar paces was just awesome. And it was just really nice to be swimming in the group, working on staying on feet. Um, and, you know, those swims flew by and uh, it was definitely a confidence booster with my splits. And uh, um, I don't know, even, but I'm feeling a little more confident about my swim right now. Oh no. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll still beat me off the water. But. <laughs> I know, but you should catch me on the bike by mile five or so. <laughs> it needs to be around mile twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that was that was really fun. So uh three of the mornings, you know, we started off, or I guess the first morning we did like a shakeout run all together right before we went to the pool. But the swim was uh it was the, the first real workout each day. And, um, then we went off and did, uh, bike rides. So what do we do Thursday? We did like a, a 60 or 80 mile ride. Um, I was planning. So the, the way it worked and the one kind of drawback of, of Vegas and where we were at is we went you know, like to two totally amazing places to ride. But, um, the first day it was like, I think 15 miles or so of just city riding before we were able to get out into the good riding. And, you know, when you've got 45, 50 guys all together, you know, hitting traffic lights and having to stop and wait and things like that, it was in a way it was good, I guess, because then it, it, it uh, prevented the hammer fest from, uh, from starting too early. But um, at the same time, it's, there's, there's a lot of, of kind of junk miles that you have to get to um, at the beginning and the end of the rides. Uh, but we did go out to, uh, um, I think it's Red Rock um, National Park or something like that. And uh, it was gorgeous. And I originally planned to do two laps of that. And that would have given me 80 miles. But uh, I dropped my chain coming up a small hill on the way down um, and out of the, uh, um, the first loop. So it got like really jammed and it took me a few minutes to get it out. And, um, so I wasn't able to, to stay with the, the guys doing the 80 miles, but I saw the guys heading back for the, the shorter loop. So I, I did jump in and ended up only doing 60 miles on, um, on Thursday, but did push the pace and kind of lead things on the way home to, uh, try and, uh, you know, increase the intensity a little bit after missing some of the time, but I guess also the whole time, which was pretty incredible. And I think really we got better treatment than most pros do normally during their training. Um, not all of them, I guess, but, uh, goo was there and they had their van, you know, just always packed, packed with, with goo products. Um, which I'll, I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of their products, but, um, that company moved up in my book tremendously with just the way they operate and um you know obviously their their willingness to help and um 
everything they gave us and, and the way they were supporting us just really helped. And I do have a few products that uh, after talking to them and, and them explaining how to properly use them a little bit have kind of opened my eyes a little bit to exploring their products more. But uh, I did bring home and like they did say, you know, they dropped off just like, I don't know, eight or 10 boxes of stuff into each one of the garages. And they were like, yeah, you know, we're not taking any of this stuff home. So, um, you know, I'll go nuts here. And um, but Celia, your name is who was was there from Goo was just always there. Um, and it was it was just cool to have these pit stops where you could fill up your bottles and grab any of their products and stuff like that. So shout out to them for sure. Um, so what Goo products are you are you consuming now? Uh, I ended up eating a decent amount of their little waffles. Oh yeah. Those are um, good. I think I scored about a year's supply worth of their probiotics, which was nice. <laughs> um, they also had some electrolyte tabs and things and, um, still suspect, I guess I didn't take any of their gels. Um, and, uh, I think there's, there is better options out there, but, uh, you know, they, um, they do have a lot of different things that they offer. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I came home with. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we did that and then did another, uh, run off the bike on Thursday to kind of finish up that day. Nothing crazy. I think I just did a couple miles with that. Um, and that's right. Wednesday night. I'm, uh, quite sure I was the first one to bed. I went to bed at like seven 30 local time, um, and was forcing myself to stay in bed till, 4 a.m. if I could, uh, but that was a struggle pretty much every one of the days. Um, but, you know, we had dinner together each night. So one of the houses was kind of the main house and, um, you know, they put tables all up. So we'd all eat dinner at the same time. And then there was a tribute to our lost teammate, um, Tom Troger, who was killed um, actually in Las Vegas a little over a year ago. Um, was hit by an impaired driver and killed along with four other cyclists. So um, it was it was definitely emotional. And his wife actually has always come to the camps and I guess has, has done the cooking and things like that. So she still came and helped out with everything. And so each night, you know, Rich Viola, who is the owner of every or former owner of Every Man Jack, I guess he sold the company last year. Um, but he would, you know, always kick things off with Tom stories. And then he'd have a couple other guys that have been on the team for a while, share stories about him. And, uh, I never met him, but man, was he, uh, seemed like a pretty incredible guy and, uh, a true ambassador of the sport. Um, I guess he's, he's actually got more Kona bowls, you know, when, and we say Kona bowls is basically podium finishes in, in Hawaii than any other guy in the team. But, um, you know, if you ever talk to him, you'd probably never hear that. And, you know, he was just really about the team and uh, just a, a great successful man in pretty much every aspect of his life. So I think even though he wasn't there, there was some things I learned from from his life and some of the stories that uh, that were shared, which were, were pretty cool. Um, but uh, but then, yeah, then um, we ended up actually they, they switched the the layout of the camp a little bit because uh, Saturday was supposed to be super windy. So, um, and even Wednesday, actually, when I rode by myself, it was really windy and, uh, I was pretty surprised by that, but, um, 
but uh, Friday we ended up doing our long ride. So we rode out to Lake Mead. Um, so again, this took us like, I want to say it was 80, 90 minutes to get through all the city kind of BS and, and get to the park. Um, so again, it was very easy for the first portion of the ride. And then the hammer just dropped as we, uh, we headed into the park and, um, I stayed with the group, the first group for, um, a good portion of it and it was fun and, you know, was really enjoying it and just kind of holding on for the, for the most part. And, uh, it was definitely humbling cause I was next to, uh, one of my, my teammates, uh, Matt McWilliams, if you know who he is. Um, so he races pro and he's not still working significantly on his, in his swim. He did have, uh, he did, um, did, uh, why am I drawing a blank on it? Not challenge Miami. What, uh, Cl- um, Clash. Clash Miami. Yeah. And, uh, he did not have a good swim and was a bit in a funk, uh, heading into camp because of that. But, um, he, he can bike pretty much with anybody in the sport and um so uh we were riding in packs you know and we had uh usually we're going two aside and so i ended up next to him for a good portion of it and uh in between my huffs and puffs was was chatting with him and like he was just like it was just like a almost like an endurance ride for him (laughs) he was just you know kind of cruising along going with the flow um while the rest of us were just dying and it just really shows the the caliber difference i mean i'm certainly i mean some of these guys that aren't training for an ironman may not even be at top fitness right now you know and i'm not saying i'm at my top top fitness but i'm feeling pretty fit right now and uh i was just you know really struggling to to stay on and it it got it was hard for the first 15 20 miles and then it kind of got punchy where you know it was people would tone it down and then go really hard and and back it off and so forth but uh let's just say it wasn't exactly a challenge for matt and uh (laughs) it was uh it was interesting and like i said pretty humbling there but um but then we we got towards the end uh, or towards the turnaround excuse me and i dropped my chain again so uh, um gotta get a chain catcher man it, it is time for the chain catcher. Uh, the bike's going in tomorrow to get one put on here for sure. Um, so that was frustrating, but at the same time, it was definitely a blessing in disguise because I, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I could have hung with them the whole time. And I really, ah, so you're intensely doing it. You're like, ah, uh, I, crap. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> at least I didn't have to rip my hand open, trying to put it back on, uh, like I did at Timberman last year. But, uh, uh, I know what you're, I know what that's like though. It gets stuck in between the frame and the, exactly. the crank. Yep. Small, you know, going down to the small ring and that's what it seems to happen for me is when I'm climbing and it, you know, especially with the synchro shift, you know, you don't know it, it automatically decides when it's going to switch between the big and small ring. So it'll all of a sudden just drop. Yeah, are you going to, oh. are you going to continue using that after your two drop chains during a training camp? I'm, I'm definitely on the fence about it, you know, with, with the way my, off. DI2 is set up, it, it limits me. And right. I actually, the only way, if I don't have that on, I have to go up to my arrow bars to switch between the big and small ring. I can't do that from the base bars, which I, I really like to be able to do. So, um, we'll see on that here. I'm hoping that the, um, chain stay there will, uh, will help with that or the, the chain catcher there will, will help with that. So, uh, but anyways, hey, I'm, fi- I'm fine with you running without a chain catcher. <laughs> your next race i mean 
doesn't matter to me. <laughs> as long as you ride by and call me a sucker as uh, if you go by me. Right? <laughs> Not throw some goo at you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but no, so we got, we thought the route was supposed to be about 110 miles total, including like the kind of the city junk miles. And I got to the 56 miles out. And there was still, I guess, like four miles to this one gas station or where they were going to turn around. So um, I said, all right, that's enough. And um, I ended up riding back with a couple other guys and um, led a good portion and just spent a lot more time in the arrow position. So that was nice. And uh, despite getting, we got lost a little bit on the way home in the city. So uh, I think we got 115 miles in, but it was good rolling terrain, you know, beautiful, beautiful out there. And, um, you know, day after 60 miles, um, didn't even really feel like that was in me at all. And it was, uh, definitely a confidence booster. And then we did, uh, you know, a short run off the bike after that as well. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And then Saturday we ended up doing another, you know, four plus K swim. And then we went over to the Hoover dam and we ran on this dirt trail over to the Hoover dam and took some pictures hung out there for a few minutes and then we ran back and we threw some some intervals in there um so it was dirt which was nice and it was kind of a slight uphill on the way back so um got to run with a couple guys that uh, are pretty strong and um was happy with how that run went and that was that was good um and then but yeah i mean these days it was really I was expecting like, like always, I don't know what it is. And I got to just stop thinking this, but anytime I, I go somewhere, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have all this free time. You know, I'm going to be able to catch up on this, catch up on that. And for the most part, like even, I mean, that Friday where we, we trained for, you know, we go, you, you van over to the swim, you know, you got to wait for everybody to get, to get ready. Then you van all the way back, you know, after the swim. And then we jumped on our bike. So we didn't finish riding till like four or five in the afternoon um, especially with the run, I can't remember what time, but I mean, we, we put in a solid, um, almost eight hour day of training, seven and a half, eight hours, um, of actual training volume. So, um, it was busy, you know, and then when you had dinner every night and, um, then the, after things, another thing that's, that's really cool that the team does is we, you kind of partnered up with, you partner up with somebody prior to the camp and you get to know them and you have to share for about a minute or so about that person and the only requirement is you cannot talk about triathlon and so you know it's not saying oh yeah you know he's won this race and blah 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 it's it's really getting to know the person and the one thing i respect more about every man jack and that team now is that you know despite it being most of the fastest guys in the country and super strong and um, really really good athletes they really prioritize family, you know, work, and then triathlon should be kind of the priorities in life. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that and, you know, making it a part of your lifestyle and, and they really embrace that. And, uh, I left the camp, you know, I've always been, you know, happy to be on the camp uh, on the team, excuse me, but, uh, really, you know, impressed with the morals of the team and just the way that, the guys conduct themselves and, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be a part of that. So, um, that was good. Uh, I mean, it's gotta be one of the best amateur teams to be on. Yeah, I think so. 
as far as talent, I don't know. I mean, I, I know so many of the EMJ team and I mean, all those guys are, I, I think they pick, they do look at results, but they also look at your character as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, you know, and, but I mean, yeah, you've got a handful of, uh, world champs, you know, 70.3 world champs and just the, the upper echelon for sure of age group racing. Um, so it was really fun to be with those guys and, and be in the mix of that. So, um, you know, and then obviously, uh, miss the family for sure, but, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to be out there and just for a short time as we kind of pivot more away from just me and the general benefits of camp is it's just so enlightening, invigorating to, to be, um, at, at a place where, you know, you're really just there to train, you know, right. you're not and that's having... really like the only thing on your mind, which, yeah. I mean, I've done one camp and it was the same thing. It was just heavy training, but that's all you really focus on. So it didn't yep. feel like you're doing too much. I just no. think like, you can't just go outside your house right now and be like, all right, well, it'll take me like 90 minutes to get out of town right now. And right. I mean, we, we have pretty tight schedules but it's nice. So it's, it's kind of like a mini vacation, mini traincation where exactly time really isn't an issue. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy it. And I mean, I'm not really like looking at the clock, seeing what time I have to get back because there's really nothing to get back to hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, just being with other like-minded people, you know, and um, especially when you have that many people of similar caliber, right. You're able to push each other a bit, but just to be, riding especially with others and running um at similar paces and and just having people around you is very uh motivating and um yeah i was just it was a blast uh, so how much better would you be if you had that kind of schedule every single week where you had nothing else going on and all all you had to do was focus on your training ah uh, that's a good question um the actually what what more comes to mind when, when you asked me that is I'm quite sure I wouldn't want to do that. And like, you know, we've talked about it before and it's like, you know, these guys like Sam long that are putting in 30, 40 hour weeks, like, no, thank you. It's like, you know, I, I'd rather sit on my butt like I am now and, you know, be in front of the computer and make more money to be honest, you know um, it's, it's just, I think it, it takes it to a different degree. And, you know, I was definitely happy to be home and it's, it's so fun to do, you know, a couple times a year, but, uh, that is not the lifestyle that I would like to live. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's, it would truly feel like a job if I was putting in that kind of volume. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, uh, you know, to do, I, I think that, uh, it would be very interesting. It's a good question. You know, what, what would we be capable of if we did train like pros, right? which right. I think is, is part of the challenge of age group racing when you get to the highest level is you do have some of those top guys that are fortunate enough to essentially train like pros um, and still race as age groupers, um, which, you know, is a whole nother topic and you could poo-poo that for sure. But uh, that's the reality of, of um, the way some people are able to live their lives. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, no doubt the fitness would improve for sure um just how enjoyable if it, at what cost uh would be the question to me yeah yeah uh 
So, I mean, what you just described for your entire camp, I mean, that would intimidate a lot of just everyday amateur triathletes. So, I mean, what would you do if you're trying to, what do you say to your athletes if you're trying to talk them into coming to a camp? And I mean, of course there's benefits, but I mean, they can be super intimidating and it's very heavily volume based. Right. So, I mean, that can scare a lot of people away as well. I mean, you can't just go into these camps just completely out of shape. I mean, you no. want to you want to go into them in pretty good form because you want to have fun and hang out with everyone. So, I mean, what what do you say to those kind of athletes? No, it's a great question and a great point. You know, uh, I would say first off, I mean, especially if you're working with a coach, you know, figure out what makes sense for you and the volume that you should be doing there. I mean, just because, and even I mean, most of the guys did you know the the similar training to what I did, but just because that's what's on the docket for, for others doesn't mean it, it needs to be what's on the docket for you. Right. So if you're, you know, coming off an injury or not used to that kind of volume, you know, toning that back is definitely uh, very easy to do in most cases. Um, and, you know, still getting there and getting that team vibe and um, the motivation of others as you kind of ramp up or, you know, just meet the, uh, the needs. I mean, like I actually, uh, my roommate was a guy, Todd Buckingham, who's, um, I think he was, he, he did a bunch of national championships last year, you know, swim run, or I think more, he's, he's a very, very strong runner. Um, but, uh, he's a, he was a multi-national champion last year, but he's a short course guy. So like, I guess we did, we did talk him into, I think he ended up getting nine, 90 miles in for that long ride, but he really had no interest in going more than 60. And, ultimately that's, that's totally fine. And that's, you know, what totally makes sense for him. So, um, I think most camps are certainly, if you were coming to a peak camp, you know, it's, it's totally independent and, you know, you get to do what makes sense for you. And there's, so do you kind of give, do you kind of give advice on, I mean, kind of put it in tiers, like, all right, people training for Ironman. I mean, you're going to do Ironman training people doing 70.3. This is the route you're going to go on. that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, well, sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, even, you know, so the first peak camp will be at Lake Placid in June. So, you know, if you've got somebody that's, uh, you know, doesn't have their Ironman until October, right. You know, even if they're training for Ironman, you know, it doesn't mean that they should be riding 112 miles, you know, during that trip. Right. Um, so I think it's definitely individualized and making sure you're getting in what makes sense for you and uh and finding that balance there right you know well i think they definitely give a a pretty good bump in fitness i mean i mean describing what you did it's way more training than what you would normally get in a five-day period four-day period so i mean i think probably gave you a pretty good bump in fitness right absolutely absolutely (laughs) yep um, so yeah. And I mean, you got to respect that. And, you know, coming back, I mean, my flight home was delayed and, um, you know, it was, I didn't get home till after midnight. Uh, and then actually that's right. So we did Saturday night, the group always does go out in onto the strip. So like I took the first van home, but I didn't get home till a little, almost, or I think a little bit after 1130 Pacific time on Saturday night. So, um, I, I would definitely have preferred not to go to the strip and have gone to bed earlier. Um, but you know, it was, it was fun to hang out with the guys and do something a little bit different there, but 
you know, the, the time change and the travel and stuff like that definitely beat you up. So yeah. I've taken it very easy, uh, until today. So this is Thursday, you know, four days, I guess, back since I got back. Um, and I took it super easy on Monday, quite easy on Tuesday. Uh, felt like garbage on Wednesday. I, I went to bed at like eight o'clock Tuesday night, woke up at like, not till like six 15 with my kids and kind of got them off the bed. I mean, got them off to school. And then I went back to bed for like another Jeez. half an hour or something. You like really that. are yeah. tired. I was tired. So you know what? I think it's all the swimming. That uh, could be, could be. <laughs> You know, so um, you got to respect that and make sure you're finding that, you know, that proper balance there, um, you know, which is interesting, too. I, I was watching uh, Gustav Eden's most recent video, Day in the Life of or whatever, um, and they talked about his training. <laughs> you see what time how... that guy goes to bed? No, what time? 1130. And he says, oh, this no. is early. I usually like staying up later, but. I got to get some training. I did. I did notice he said he didn't get up till a little before 8 a.m., you know, which which is nice. But it's all I mean, if he's going to bed at 1130 and not getting up till eight, you know, that's eight and a half hours. That's not that's not bad. And then he takes a nap every day. Right. So um, I think that's that's reasonable if you can live that lifestyle. Right. Right. Um, But, you know, what I found interesting there is they you know, and it's difference between pros and age groupers, but they kind of do either three days on one off or, or now he's kind of the push it. He's doing four days on one day off. Um, but you know, you really got to make sure that you're getting sufficient recovery, especially after these big doses of training. Right. So, you know, I got back on the horse today, uh, did a three hour ride this morning. Um, probably could have went a little longer, but still kind of conservative. And then we'll get kind of back going, but, but I've been doing my long rides on Thursdays anyway. So that'll be the long ride for the week. And then, you know, get back to, to pretty heavy training next week. Um, as you know, we're, uh, St. George is approaching quickly here. Yeah. So you're feeling good for that race. I am feeling good about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Um, you know, we really only got what three, four weeks of a real training left and then it's going to yeah. be taper time. So, um, Yes, I'm, I'm really excited, looking forward to that race. And uh, um, I look at it as the best opportunity I probably have to do well in a world championship. So I want to try and take advantage of it. Yeah. You know, don't think the, the course is necessarily suited for me, but that's all right. And uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling excited and, uh, and ready to rock it. Well, it's an honest course all the way around. I think all three, yeah. all three of the, I mean, the swim can be choppy. It can be cold. Bike is obviously hilly and the run is pretty hilly, but I think you're good at all those. I mean, you destroyed me in Canada that one year with, it was pretty much the equal, uh, pretty similar course profiles as far as like the amount of climbing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess it probably is the best course to compare it to, isn't it? Yeah. Is I mean, completely different profiles, but right. I mean, the, the number of feet of climbing is relatively the same. Right. All right. <clears throat> All right. How about you? How are you feeling? Good. Um, had some issues with my bike, so I will be um, riding a new bike. I'm uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm unleashing a new bike 
for the world championship race. Hopefully I could ride it outside at least once before that. <laughs> you will, at least when you get there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're riding uh, the same brand now, right? Yeah, we'll see. Still trying to put it together and swapping out all my components and everything. So, yep, switching from my Trek to Felt. The new Treks are looking pretty cool. I know it was just I so hard to find a. It was so hard to find a bike frame because if you want something new, everything's you you gotta wait for several months. I mean, those yeah. treks you can't get those new felts. Several months, so it's hard. Those canyons, they're they're hard to get to. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that is that is true. It's definitely an interesting uh, bike market for sure. But uh, glad you got that, and uh, excited to have you on a felt here and um, ripping and roaring here. So now I can join EMJ, right? We'll, we'll see. You got to put in an application first before <laughs> I can put in the good word for you. You know. <sighs> well, after you talked about the camp, I think I might be in. Yeah, you know, again, I've, you know, been happy to be part of the team and it's it's a good group of guys, but uh to finally meet everybody and um that really moved up, you know, my my level of interest in the club or the group and um you know, I think uh at this point uh, I'm probably going to going to stay with them, you know, but uh we'll see. You know, it's but it was it was a lot of fun. Definitely have a lot of respect for those guys. So. I mean, it's it's got to be pretty humbling when you're one of the top amateurs on the, in the Northeast or in the U.S., and then you join a group of these guys that are mostly amateurs, correct? I mean, there are some yep. pros. There's only a couple pros on the team, yeah. But, I mean, isn't it so humbling to just train with really good amateurs like yourself? And it's kind of like – it's kind of the vibe I get it like when you go to Hawaii and yeah. everyone's just like really good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think a much more relaxed vibe at camp, fortunately, than Hawaii. Um, But but you're right. You know, it's certainly the the caliber is really the upper echelon of even Hawaii. So um, it's it's a it's a good group to be a part of for sure. Um, You know, happy to be. So if you had that group to train with year round. So if you did like all your track work, if you did all your riding with them or in your swims. Would you be faster? I have very little doubt on that. Yes, yeah, I do. Think I agree that too. I would definitely be faster. Like, and I think, I, I think that fair. that is the one of the key benefits to camp is you're just training with like-minded people that will push you. Right. And you know, I think just, that that is ultimately, I think, the difference, right? For you, yeah. why you have become a superior swimmer, right? Is that you're being pushed by that group and um, taking advantage of that, which is awesome. Yeah. In my run, in my in the run, my wife is can run with me now, so I just don't want her to ever pass me in a race. Beating you before you know it, man. So yeah, yeah. Why don't we give a quick shout out to? uh, I don't think we did this yet. Uh, Becca was honorable mention for athlete of the year by (laughs) USA Triathlon. It's Um, amazing. It really is, and I think she was 
probably a legit candidate that very well could have taken that honor. Um, yeah. she was, she ended up being second in her age group, right. By like a, a very, very small amount of points. And like, I right. think if she even just did a different race or something like that probably would have been, you know, the, the national it's, champion. Do you find it interesting the people they chose? I mean, not for the females necessarily, but like for the guys, I, I it's just, I don't know what their criteria is. It's not totally based off of points. No, it's not. And yeah, I'm not sure what their, their criteria is there. What, um, you know, what else they're looking at there, but, um, you know, I think just being in the mix, you obviously are doing something pretty amazing. And, right. uh, it's, I, it's pretty awesome. Beck and I were talking about that. And I think it, it's a, it's the variety of races. So like the girl that won it, raced uh age group nationals did they probably Ironman like events. that a lot right they, i think they just like like the well-rounded like yeah. local like racing locally so just seeing like you race other events other than wtc yeah. yeah well right and i i've got to imagine they like it when you go to age group nationals right i mean right. that's their main event right so yeah that probably gets uh gets you up a notch but um but yeah no, really incredible and super happy for Becca and you. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really cool. Big things coming in 2022, right? Yep. Still not going. She still says she's not going pro until she wants to win 70.3 worlds. Yeah. No big deal. Right. <laughs> no big deal. I mean, if I said that as a guy, people would be like, what are you smoking? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> right. No, it's so awesome to be able to <laughs> just to legitimately be able to say that, you know, with without uh, obviously it's no by no means a lock, but uh, that it's a very legitimate, you know, chance for her, and that's that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I think we we spent a little more time on the EMJ camp than I had planned, and talking more in general. But you know, I think that uh, if you're in doubt, I mean, I, again, speaking primarily for the peak camps, you know, we're not for profit with the camps, you know, so we're not, you know, going crazy with, I mean, there is some camps out there that are very expensive and uh, I can see how people would be turned off by that or not have the money to be um, going to some of these camps, but try to make them as economical as possible. You know, we do share rooms usually and, um, you know, but try to stay together. You know, we stay right in the the village, um, typically for both the Tremblant and, um, the Placid camp, um, right off of it anyways. And, um, you know, so you're right in the action. So, I mean, if you're, especially if you're doing one of those Ironman events, it's like almost a no brainer to me. Um, if you're not familiar with the course, because the value you get out of it and, you know, I just can't tell you how many people have come out to me after and just said, you know, thank you. And like, just so appreciative until, glad that they took the time to go spend you know spend it there they feel so much more confident heading into the race because they know what to expect and you know when you've done that kind of training on the course where ultimately in the peak camps i mean you're you're doing at least the distance in swimming you're going to do probably about a distance and a half on the bike and probably almost you know this certainly will depend on people's paces and things like that but over the accumulation of the weekend, um, you know, uh, over a marathon worth of running. So you get to know that course inside and out and, you know, that's, that's huge, but let alone getting to, to hang out with, with people, such, such great people, 
uh, at the camps. It's just, just makes for just an awesome, awesome weekend. So, um, if you're on the fence, I'd highly encourage you, you consider and, um, come check out, uh, either a peak camp or, or another camp, um, to get the, the fitness gains and, uh, just the fun of it. When are you coming to Seattle next so we can get a two man camp in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't work for a Seattle based company anymore. Oh yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know Darn when, it. Uh, when that'll happen, but, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to have you come East here for one of the, I camps. know. That'll well, cool. I'm just excited. I'll see you twice this year. That's right. At least. That's right. So exactly. Good. All right. You got anything else, Elliot? Nope. Got to continue working on my bike so I can get my bike ride in today. <laughs> right. Looking forward to that picture. Seeing what yeah. this thing looks like here. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So very good. Well, thanks for everybody for listening. Hope everybody uh, appreciated that and give uh, camps uh, some thought here. And we will catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening.